Section 8 of A Wonder Book for Girls and Boys. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lisa Goad. A Wonder Book for Girls and Boys by Nathaniel Hawthorne. Introductory to the Paradise of Children. The golden days of October passed away, as so many other Octobers have, and brown November likewise, and the greater part of chill December too. At last came Merry Christmas, and Eustace Fried along with it, making it all the merrier by his presence, and the day after his arrival from college there came a mighty snowstorm. Up to this point the winter had held back, and had given us a good many mild days, which were like smiles upon its wrinkled visage. The grass had kept itself green, in sheltered places such as the nooks of southern hill slopes, and along the lee of the stone fences. It was but a week or two ago, and since the beginning of the month, that the children had found a dandelion in bloom on the margin of Snowbrook, where it glides out of the dell. But no more green grass and dandelions now. This was such a snowstorm. Twenty miles of it might have been visible at once, between the windows of Tanglewood and the dome of Taconic, had it been possible to see so far among the eddying drifts that whitened all the atmosphere. It seemed as if the hills were giants and were flinging monstrous handfuls of snow at one another in their enormous sport. So thick were the fluttering snowflakes that even the trees, midway down the valley, were hidden by them the greater part of the time. Sometimes, it is true, the little prisoners of Tanglewood could discern a dim outline of Monument Mountain, and the smooth whiteness of the frozen lake at its base, and the black or gray tracks of woodland in the nearer landscape, but these were merely peeps through the tempest. Nevertheless, the children rejoiced greatly in the snowstorm. They had already made acquaintance with it by tumbling heels overhead into the highest drifts and flinging snow at one another, as we had just fancied the Berkshire Mountains to be doing. And now they had come back to their spacious playroom, which was big as the great drawing room, and was lumbered with all sorts of playthings, large and small. The biggest was a rocking horse that looked like a real pony, and there was a whole family of wooden, waxen, plaster, and china dolls, besides rag babies and blocks enough to build Bunker Hill Monument and nine pins and balls, and humming tops and battle doors, and gray sticks and skipping ropes, and more of such valuable property than I could tell of in a printed page. But the children liked the snowstorm better than them all. It suggested so many brisk enjoyments for tomorrow, and all the remainder of the winter. The sleigh ride, the slides down the hill into the valley, the snow images that were to be shaped out, the snow fortresses that were to be built, and the snowballing to be carried on. So the little folks blessed the snowstorm and were glad to see it come thicker and thicker and watched hopefully the long drift that was piling itself up in the avenue and was already higher than any of their heads. Why, we shall be blocked up till spring, cried they, with the hugest delight. What a pity that the house is too high to be quite covered up. The little red house down yonder will be buried up to its eaves. You silly children, what do you want of more snow? asked Eustace, who, tired of some novel that he was skimming through, had strolled into the playroom. It has done mischief enough already by spoiling the only skating that I could hope for through the winter. We shall see nothing more of the lake till April, and this was to have been my first day upon it. Won't you pity me, Primrose? Oh, to be sure, answered Primrose, laughing. But for your comfort, we will listen to another of your old stories, such as you told us under the porch and down in the hollow, by Shatterbrook. Perhaps I shall like them better now, when there is nothing to do, than while there were nuts to be gathered and beautiful weather to enjoy. Hereupon, Periwinkle, Clover, Sweetburn, and as many other 
of the little fraternity and cousinhood, as were still at Tanglewood, gathered about Eustace, and earnestly besought him for a story. The student yawned, stretched himself, and then, to the vast admiration of the small people, skipped three times back and forth over the top of a chair, in order, as he explained to them, to set his wits in motion. Well, well, children, said he, after these preliminaries, since you insist and Primrose has set her heart upon it, I will see what can be done for you, and that you may know what happy days there were before snowstorms came into fashion. I will tell you a story of the oldest of all the old times, when the world was as new as the sweet fern's brand new humming-cock. There was then but one season of the year, and that was the delightful summer, and but one age for mortals, and that was childhood. I never heard of that before, said Primrose. Of course you never did, answered Eustace. It shall be a story of what nobody but myself ever dreamt of, a paradise of children, and how. By the naughtiness of just such a little imp as Primrose here, it all came to nothing. So Eustace Bright sat down in the chair which had just been skipping over, took his cowslip upon his knee, ordered silence throughout the auditory, and began a story about a sad, naughty child, whose name is Pandora, and about her playfellow, Epimetheus. You may read it word for word in the pages that come next. This is the end of section 8.